I thought the uh, question was pretty interesting. Uh, me and Calvin were having a chat. I was saying we'd love to be part of the, the Narnia uh, world. Um, just thought the, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the ability just to go off into your closet into a snow-filled environment would be fantastic. Uh, this, this morning's Bible reading will be from Acts chapter 1, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Um, yeah, here at CG Church, we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, so yeah, it's my, my pleasure just to be able to read the, the Bible to, to us uh, publicly this morning. Um, yeah, just to encourage everyone to start this new year, just to, to bring along a physical copy, that'd be fantastic. Uh, but yeah, if you don't have a copy, yeah, there's, there's free copies at the back as well for people to collect. Um, so we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs, proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him to ask him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid, hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is God's word. Hey, it's really good to be here this morning again, everyone. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at CBE. And if you haven't met me, hey, if you're new here, we'd love to come and have a chat to you afterwards, get to meet you. Now, uh, if you are just joining us, particularly if this is maybe your first week back from holidays, uh, maybe you are just joining us, uh, visiting, checking out church here, uh, what we've been doing through this month has been actually recapping some of the big series that we did last year. Now, one of the things we love doing here at CP is working our way through books of the Bible. It's just a great chance just to hear from God's Word, different parts of the Bible, and to just hear it in the way that uh, God delivered it to us. Now, uh, what we ha now, what we did last year is we spent a whole term looking at the book of Acts, the book of Acts, okay? And we got through about the first eight chapters or so of that. Uh, so this morning is both going to be a recap of the book of Acts so far and a bit of an introduction because we're going to be picking up Acts again uh, for this first term of the, of the year and hopefully going to uh, finish off the series this morning. 
Well, uh, over the summer, uh, my son Aiden uh, started getting into Star Wars, into Star Wars, and uh, that is actually a, a pretty cool thing for a, for a father to kind of uh, get to kind of relive some of those childhood memories, you know, of the adventures of Luke and Han and Leia and uh, uh, in a galaxy far, far away, and uh, uh, you know, it's one of those convenient things, and to also have a good excuse to go back and watch some of those movies again. And, uh, you, you know, you learn all these interesting things just coming back to it again as an adult. Uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, they're actually quite goofy movies in a way. Uh, but they also, there are some good and positive things that I discovered as well. You know, re-watching uh, the prequel trilogy was like, well, they're actually not so bad. They're actually not. And that might be an unpopular opinion for some of those uh, Star Wars people out there. Uh, it wasn't so bad. Uh, but you know what? Uh, what was most fascinating, though? was seeing just my son's eyes, just how he, his eyes just light up to this, this whole universe, this fantasy world, and how much it just draws you in. You know, yes, this is a galaxy far, far away with weird and strange space sorcerers and, and, and a story about these plucky rebels fighting against the oppressive empire. Uh, it's an interesting world to be a world in which there are spiritual forces, in which self-denial is held up as a virtue, not uh, self-fulfillment in that kind of Disney way. And let's all kind of interesting chats between us about the world of Star Wars and about good, about evil, about tyranny. But I think the big part of it, the big part of it is the way in which the story just involves you into this great conflict, this great journey that actually makes you part of this story to determine the fate of the galaxy. And that's why we love these stories. And that's why we love these fantasy worlds. That's why we spend the millions of dollars going to see these movies every year. Because the truth is, for most of us, life's ordinary, isn't it? Life is study and exams and work and paying bills, chores, dropping children off. It's all very mundane and not very galaxy-altering. And... So we tend to kind of start to look at our daily life and start thinking, oh, my life just isn't as exciting. It's not as purposeful. It's not as meaningful as those great fantasy worlds, those great conflicts between good and evil. So what I think we're going to see today is that actually, as we look at, actually we're going to be drawn into this story, but not just as a fantasy story of a galaxy out there, but actually part of a story in which we are a part of that we are very much a part of the story of Acts. You see, as this morning, as we recap our, uh, our series on the book of Acts, we're going to be looking at the book that outlines the beginnings of the church and how the message and the mission of the church goes forth in those first uh, century and how from one man, Jesus Christ, his message goes to the ends of the earth. So come with me to Acts chapter 1. If you do have a Bible, look back there, make sure you've got it open, follow along with me, you know, grab one from the back if you need it, bring it up on your phone, whatever. Read on with me, Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, 
but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. All right, so the real setting here at the start of Acts is that here is Jesus on his farewell tour now. He's given evidence to people that he really did rise from the dead. Uh, and in his, his resurrected days, he spent time just teaching about the kingdom. Now, of course, if you are a skeptic about this whole Jesus resurrection stuff, uh, here's at least one historical account saying that there were many eyewitnesses to these events. But Jesus isn't just about proving his resurrection. He's, he's got actually a whole lot more in store for his disciples. Uh, he's preparing his disciples for what is about to take place. He's going to baptize them with the Holy Spirit. And we saw that last uh, year when we looked at chapter 2 and the, the day of Pentecost. But the disciples haven't fully understood the plan yet. Because if you follow on to verse 6, you see that uh, they ask a question that, uh, that shows that they don't quite get it yet. They haven't quite got it yet, right? Verse 6. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? See, there was this hope there for these disciples that, that Jesus, the Messiah, would cast off the Roman Empire. Here he is now in his resurrected kind of superhuman form uh, that somehow now he's going to turn into the powerful political leader. He's going to conquer the Romans and restore the kingdom to Israel. And they were hoping that Jesus was their guy. But Jesus didn't have a bar of it. He wasn't interested in that. Yes, he will restore things, but in the way that the disciples were thinking about things, they were thinking about things that were far too small. This isn't just any longer about one nation state, one uh, country of Israel and having things restored to them. Jesus was about to revolutionize the world. Verse 7, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. I mean, this is very much the song that we sung earlier with the kids, wasn't it? You know about the message that would go from this little group of disciples to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And then to the ends of the world. You know, this is very much the mission briefing room moment, right? It's a moment where everyone gets together and they hear the briefing. This is what you've got to do. Go and fly down this little trench, pop a couple of bombs down into a little vent, blow up this massive space station. Like, that's a totally believable plot. Yet, yet, that is the mission. That is the mission. And what is Jesus' mission? Be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, the Acts, as a whole book, starts to then follow that story, follow them on their mission to go and take this to the world. These, the 12 disciples goes and they, as they start to move out, they take it first to Jerusalem, then to Judea, then to Samaria, on the back of a whole bunch of persecution, as we saw in the book of Acts. But the thing that we haven't seen yet, we haven't really seen the gospel start to go then beyond the borders of Israel to the ends of the earth. And that's something that we'll be covering more as we uh, look at the second half of Acts. 
But I wanted to ask you, have you ever witnessed something that you thought was so good that it was worth telling others about? It was so good. You know, I remember uh, being up in the wee hours of the morning, uh, watching this match uh, this year. Uh, That was a World Cup soccer final. Uh, And I remember because uh, it it was on at like 2 a.m., some just crazy hour. And so I remember getting up the next morning and just telling people, you know what, uh, all my friends, if you're a sports fan, get on and watch this match. This was a classic, classic, maybe the best World Cup final ever. It was so back and forth, uh, such a great match. You see, when you have something that's so good, you can't help but want to share it. You've seen something awesome, you want others to have that experience too. And so it was with the disciples who spent three years following their teacher and Lord, watch him do amazing things, to watch him teach amazing things and then amazingly uh, die on a cross and rise again. Not only was that amazing that a man would rise from the death, but actually the reason for it was amazing, that his death and resurrection broke the power of sin and death, that no longer does mankind live under the sentence of death, but actually uh, Jesus smashes through the barriers from death to life again, raised to the king of the world. See, this is news that the world needs to hear. Why? saw then actually the early preaching there in Acts. What do they preach? Repent and be baptized. You want to get on board with this resurrection power? You want to know the Jesus who can save you from sin and death? Repent, be baptized. Take this message, disciples. This is the message, the most important message that the world can hear and take it to the ends of the earth. You see, you might know that in the Old Testament, uh, the Old Testament mission was very much a come and see mission, right? It was kind of like Israel as a nation. We're meant to stand out and be God's people to, to the world, a light to the nation. It was very much come in, come in and see the temple, come in and get to know the God as you, as you come in and, and, and see his, his people. The high point being the, the visit from the Queen of Sheba who comes to see the temple and the wise King Solomon. But in the New Testament, the mission that is given to the disciples and all that would follow is a go and tell mission. There's no temple to come and see and meet God. It's the message, the message of the death and resurrection of the Christ. It's the message of the forgiveness of sins. It's the message that calls every human being to repentance. The mission that will bring the message of salvation to the world. You see, that message to those disciples... It wasn't just an optional thing. It wasn't just, uh, look, here's a fun little hobby that you could do. No, no, no. This was the life-defining message for them. This was to become the purpose of their very lives, the mission upon which, well, the fate of the world rests. And so we saw them. We saw their obsession. We saw how, uh, for some of them, uh, it would even cost them their lives as they would go and take this message to the world. But what I loved seeing there in that first half was seeing how the mission was more important than their lives. We saw how radical the church was in the way that they witnessed in the synagogues, in the households. 
That was actually a really fun journey to go on. And we saw the work of the Holy Spirit too, didn't we? Because, you know what, these 12 disciples, they were not impressive. They were not impressive. You know, you go back and read the uh, prequel, uh, Luke, uh, and you see actually that these, these, these disciples, they were fishermen, they were very ordinary, they weren't even kind of uh, that well educated. And yet from these 12 disciples, this message went to the world. And we saw the church grew and grew by its hundreds, then by its thousands. And then it started spreading as, as persecution hit the church and people had to move as their livelihoods were at stake. And they started taking that word beyond. We saw how that started to produce these little communities of, of Christians, of people who, were, who just rejoiced in their salvation, who then became part of these dynamic, vibrant communities where people would uh, care for each other. They would sell uh, their property so they could provide for others. And then we saw extraordinary persecution along with that. So what are we going to see in the second half of Acts? What are we going to see? It's just your little uh, taster of, of what's to come. Uh, so in two weeks' time, we're going to start our series on the second half of Acts. But what we are going to see is we're going to see the gospel start to burst beyond the barriers of, of just Israel. Uh, just not, it's not just Judea and, and Samaria actually starting to go beyond that. So to whet your appetite, we're going to see that actually uh, the gospel is going to, the second half of Acts is actually very different to the first half of Acts. The reason why is because the gospel now starts to come against pagans, to come against those uh, where it was mostly amongst uh, the kind of Jewish and, and coming against religious leaders and whatnot in the first half. Comes across a whole new set of barriers in the second half of Acts. Here's a here's a uh, here's a little snapshot. So it's looking like it's the gospel bursting out through the walls of Jerusalem and out into the world. But what it looks like then, you have this all these interesting little stories, these little interesting conversion moments, interesting witnessing moments. The gospel uh, sees really unlikely converts become Christians. Right? We're going to see it come up against pagan gods now. Right? Pagan gods. Uh, we're going to see the gospel transform these financial markets and economic systems. I mean, how crazy is that? Uh, the gospel, it will be preached then to spiritual seekers, people who were, who were, they weren't really religious, but they were kind of seeking something. And we're going to see it, uh, the witnessing to, even to rulers and kings. Right? So that's all to come this term. Uh, going to be really exciting, really interesting. What does it mean for us today, right? What does it mean for us today? Well, I think we're going to have to firstly acknowledge that actually this mission has been a resounding success, hasn't it? I mean, can't we recognize that here we are 2,000 years later, probably, I don't know, 15,000 kilometers away from Jerusalem, uh, here as a mixture of different ethnicities. Here we are at the end of that mission. We are... Uh, we are seeing that actually that mission has bore fruit. That we are at the, uh, we are at the end of 2,000 years of, of, of preaching of the gospel around the world. Now, I reckon that comes with a huge responsibility too, doesn't it? Right? Do you want to be the generation that kind of gave up on spreading and passing that baton on? No, we're here partly because of a very long line of spirit-empowered disciples who passed that gospel on and saw that spread from Jerusalem to the world. And so our responsibility is to continue doing that, isn't it? To pass that baton on to the next generation, 
and on to the next, and on to the next, and on to the next. That's partly why actually doing a good ministry with kids and youth is so important. That's why Ben's job is actually so vital for the mission. But it's also to go from one place to the next place, to the next place, to the next place. See, part of the message is to, to go. So don't just stay where you are. Take that message and go. So we're going to continue thinking this question through through the uh, over the course of the term. But let me mention just three things that are kind of uh, more practical things that we can really take away that, that Acts helps us and, and, and points us in the right direction. Number one, number one is this. See, I think Acts helps us to focus on the mission when we're prone to distraction. Because I don't know about you, but even as I start talking to people now, and even in my uh, chat there during discussion time, it's so clear that life's getting busy again, isn't it? Like the roads are getting busy, uh, if you're back to work, uh, work's getting busy, uh, maybe you've got a few more weeks of holidays if you're at uni, uh, but school's back next week, uh, it's really easy to lose focus, isn't it? To get absorbed by our worldly concerns, um, uh, and the, so the great mission just sort of fades into the background for us. But see, I think that's the value in spending time in Acts. Reminds us we're part of a mission of utmost importance. So you don't have to escape into fantasy worlds to find an important purpose that lifts you out of the daily grind to remind you what life, uh, uh, what you're living for. You're already part of one of those missions. See, whatever you're planning for 2023, ask yourself, is the mission to be witnesses to the ends of the earth figuring in your plans in any way? And if so, how? You know, last year we started talking about our gospel friendships. It's actually one of the easiest, most immediate mission fields are those friends, neighbors, family that are right there with you, that you already have relationships with. So let me ask you, when you're all planning your goals, you're thinking about 2023, have you thought about how you can go to those friends? You might go, oh, well, I'm already in. I see them at work, at uni, at school, whatever. No, no, but how are you really going to them? How are you involving yourself in their lives? Are you going to their things? You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because often, sometimes, you know, we can bunker down a bit of decisions and kind of go, well, you know, Friday Arvo drinks, Friday evening drinks. You know, oh, that's over in a pub, and that's something, I know, I'm not sure I really like being in that environment. Well, maybe there's a little nudge here from Axe to kind of go, well, maybe you need to go to them, go to their things before inviting them to your things. You see, it's so easy for us just to become absorbed in our lives and the things that are going on personally for us. And yes, it's even easy to get absorbed in all the things that are happening in church life too, isn't it? To not leave any time for, for, for some of those uh, things out there for the mission that we are sent to. So church, I want to encourage you as you kind of focus, as you kind of keep your eyes on the mission, what would it look like to kind of plan, make time for? Is it that once a month that you're going, well, I need to spend some time at least every month to go and spend with some friends to get to know, inviting them over, going to their things? Number two, I think it helps us to have courage in the face of our fears. 
Is there, I reckon that there's no doubt, there's no doubt that opposition is rising to Christians today here in Mount. And yet reading Acts just helps us to put it into perspective, doesn't it? See that the persecution that we face is, well, it's actually pretty pale in comparison to the persecution faced by the early church. The early church, they had Roman, uh, they had the Roman pagan society around them. They even had the religious authorities around them persecuting them. And the early Christians lost homes and livelihoods. And yes, sometimes their lives. But they never shrink back. They never shrink back. In fact, persecution was the very thing that helped to push them out beyond their comfort zone. See, as persecution spread, so did the word. And so, church, you know, uh, we have a Lord who has risen and who will return. He has given us the Spirit to guide us, to help us when we don't know what to say. So we don't need to be afraid. Now, look, I'm not minimizing the pressures that you might feel within your particular context, within your university, within your workplace. But I do believe this, that we have a powerful God who can save people, who can save the unlikeliest of converts. I don't just believe that because the Bible tells me. I believe that because of the last 2,000 years. You see this mission? This little word that went out? Yeah. Guess what? It's been pretty good. It's been pretty successful. That here we stand. That we are part of that mission still. So don't shrink back. But lastly, thirdly, I think it shows us that we all have a role to play when we're tempted just to sit back. You see, all the way through the book of Acts, uh, Luke keeps giving us these little updates, these little snapshots on, on life in the church. And I love those little snapshots because it just paints this picture of a church that, that keeps growing uh, by the hundreds, by the thousands. Uh, but it paints a picture of lots of different people all serving in different ways in the mission. Some are appointed to go and care for the widows. Others are teaching the words, preaching the scriptures in the homes. Others are financially supporting the mission efforts of others. Well, others are hosting and providing hospitality. Others are, are working hard to build communities of love and care. You see, yes, there is a lot of focus here on the great feats of the Peters and the Pauls and the guys who are out there preaching in the marketplaces. But don't forget about the, the big spread, the big uh, smorgasbord of people serving in lots of different ways. See, even the new converts get come and be part of the church and they start going out and being serving in the church, evangelizing their neighbors. You see, for you, this was never a church just for the 12 who were there. This was never a, a mission just for, the, just for the, the big preachers and the kind of big famous Christians. No, no, church, this was always a mission for all of us. For all of us. A mission for all who would follow in the footsteps of Jesus' followers. You know, church, this is the purpose for which Christians live their lives, to witness to the Lordship of Christ. So church, is God's mission a part of your life's purpose? I hope you'll continue to join us for the second part of Acts in our Unstoppable series. But even more than that, 
I hope and I pray that you will join us on the mission here, from here in Sinkiu, to be mission, to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. What don't I pray for us now, uh, and then we'll reflect a little bit more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the book of Acts and the way that it teaches us, the way it trains us, the way it challenges us in what it means to be your presence. Father, we thank you for those early Christians and the bravery that they had, the courage they had to go and take that gospel, that witness to the ends of the earth. Father, we thank you for the ways in which that has continued through the centuries now. That message passed from person to person, church to church, country to country, tribe to tribe. And how we can sit here in Brisbane in the year 2023 and continue that mission. Father, we pray that in all the distractions of our lives, that you would help us to focus. We pray that in the, in the, in the society which is turning more and more hostile, that you would give us courage. And Father, we pray that we would stop being apathetic, but actually get involved and be part of this mission. And Father, we pray that as we do that, your Holy Spirit will continue to empower us to take that message to the ends of the earth, as he has been doing for the past 2,000 years. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. All right, well, church, hey, why don't you take a couple of minutes just to reflect on that. Uh, maybe for you, it's actually time to start thinking about how the mission fits into your life. Why don't you take a few moments to have a think and reflect.